Welcome beauties. So it looks like today I'm going to be going at it alone. My co-host that generally has a topic with me has had some setbacks and had to leave Florida and go to her hometown for a while. So I'm going to be by myself. Today, I really should be putting this on Patreon, but I decided to go ahead and take the chance. Hope there won't be any judgment here. If there is, um, I guess shame on you because nobody has the right to judge anybody else, right? So that being said, I want to talk about something that's very heartbreaking, something that I've had to deal with for a long time, and something that I just recently started having nightmares about and had to go back to my counselor for so I'm just going to jump right in and tell you my story. When I was a freshman in high school, about a year after my mother remarried, which I wasn't happy about the marriage, just, just to put that little thing in there. Um, and it wasn't because I didn't like the man, because I didn't even get a chance to know him. He was a very quiet person. He also told us when they were getting married that he wasn't going to try to take the place of our father. And so he pretty much stayed out of I don't want to say our life completely. So he worked all day. You know, we went to school all day, whatever. Um, I think we all got off about the same time. But this is how our schedule went. We got home from school, and mom and my stepfather, and I'm just going to give him a name of, what can I give him a name I'd like to say asshole, but that's probably not appropriate. I don't even know if it's harsh enough. So let's just call him Ben. I have no idea why I said that. I was, I, well, actually, I was looking up at my wall, and part of my saying on there was Bienvenue. So I saw that B, not Ben, <laughs> just like that. So, my stepdad, Ben, Ben, yeah, we'll call him Ben. Anyway, he was 25 years older than my mother. And that just kind of shot us all because not, not, okay, so let me back up. Age 
shouldn't really matter. But when you're 45 and they're 70, all I could see at 14 was that he probably wasn't going to last as long as she did and probably uh, should be getting into her 50s, which is supposed to be when you're at your prime time in your life and uh, your hormones go up and you like to do traveling and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know that 75 would have somebody feeling like doing all that. Now, maybe there are some out there. I don't know. But that's that was just my thoughts as a 14-year-old. Anyway, uh, so when we got home, all of us at the same time, Ben and my mom would go into the den and shut the door and they would have a drink together, which was just one a night. It was supposed to be their like relaxing time before all the things at night. And so that would be about an hour. And during that time, um, we would unpack our school bags and maybe do a little bit of homework as much as we could get done in that time. And then it would be time for us to eat dinner. At the dinner table, we weren't allowed to have conversations. Like a lot of families encourage that's a good time to get the family together and have conversations. But according to Ben, that was a time to eat and enjoy our food, but not to talk. So there wasn't any talking at the dinner table. After dinner, um, there was the cleanup of the table. And then there was each of us taking turns with our showers or baths. And then finishing up any homework we might have and then going to bed. So it was pretty much cut and dried. And then the next day it would start all over the same. So... My problem came when I made cheerleading in my freshman year and we started cheerleading practice. And if any of you listen to my 13 is hard, that age, um, you'll know that I started being a cheerleader in junior high. But so I'm a cheerleader in high school and I'm still the smallest one, so I'm the one that does all of the jumps from the top of the pyramids down, the twirls and the, the backflips and all that. Um, I wasn't the only one that did all the backflips, but I was the only one that was at the top of the mound that did my flips down. However, regardless, practice every night after school because back then, when you made cheerleading, you were a cheerleader for all sports, not like now. You can try for cheerleading like for football or for basketball or for both. Well, then if you were a cheerleader, it was for all the sports. So we had practice every night unless we had a game, which games were usually Friday nights. So then 
we had Saturdays and Sundays off unless there was competition. Okay, so I had come home after cheerleading practice. Uh, that was right after school, but it ran into our dinner time. So I would come home and I would shower and eat and then start my homework. And this one in particular night, I came home and my brothers, my siblings, and my mom and Ben were all sitting in the living room watching a TV program. And my mom asked, how was practice? And I said, it was really hard tonight. I, I'm really sore. I don't know if I landed wrong or if I just did too many backflips or what it was, but at any rate, I was sore. My back was sore and my, um, not my hips, but my lower back towards my hips was sore. And my mom right away said, well, why don't you um, lay down and let Ben pop your back and stretch it out? He does a really good job at that. Okay, well, that was like in front of everybody, so I really didn't think anything of that at the time. Um, so I laid down. So I'm in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, which is what I was wearing to bed. And of course, no bra. Wasn't that a see-through t-shirt? Just a gray t-shirt, gray sports shorts, no biggie. So I laid down and he started massaging my back, my neck, whatever. And then mom told my other siblings that it was time for their bed. And so she was going to go up and tuck them in and so on and so forth. And so she left the room and so did they. And it wasn't maybe not even five minutes when I felt Ben's hands move from my shoulders down my sides and then trying to reach under at my breast, which I was very uncomfortable with. And I like moved my arms like tight to close together and was pushing his arms away and actually terrified that my mom was going to walk in the room and think I was doing something wrong or that he was going to get all the way under and first of all I can't even tell you how repulsed I was at the fact of that um, and I was terrified but thankfully my mom walked down the steps just as I had pushed his arms out so he did not get them all the way into my breast and she immediately said Ben Christy what's going on and it, he stood up and said but what are you talking about but I was almost hysterical maybe she would say if she was alive today that I was hysterical but he was flat out lying and he was going to touch me in all the places that he shouldn't. 
and he was supposed to be my stepfather who loved my mom. I can, I can feel the furious right now that I was going through at the time. And I, so I immediately said, Mom, that's not true. He was trying to touch, he was trying to touch me. And she looked at him, and then she looked at me, and she said, get upstairs to your room. I'll talk to you later. Like, in the tone of voice, it, she was mad at me. Okay, well, I don't know about most of you, but um, my parents were very strict. Um, I'm not going to say anything about Ben, because he didn't have a lot of say-so of our discipline. But my dad and my mom, when they lived together up to that point of divorce, and my dad still was a big part of um, disciplining. If my mom had any problems with my brother, she would call him and he would intervene. And he actually made them respect their stepdad, which had I ever told my dad what had happened, I doubt that he would have had any more respect for him. But, so you're probably sitting there going, so why didn't you? Um, so my mother, our whole family were Catholic. My mother was at the time working for a very big realtor and she was working on her selling award of one million dollars and I guess she was I'm kind of embarrassed to say this now but afraid of losing customers and respect if this was to get out that this man she just married tried to molest her daughter. So instead, when she came to my room, she was not really angry with me. Like, I didn't get grounded or anything like that, but I did get restrictions put on me, and she did make me feel like I caused this. And so you're probably saying, how the hell could she make you feel like you caused this? Okay, well, so first of all, remember I was 14, not an adult that knows people can't make you feel a certain way. You allow them to. But I think that's easier said than done. But still, at 14, what she said to me was, so there's going to be some rules changed around here. Those rules were that I could not wear a bathing suit at the at our house, which meant I couldn't. We had this big, beautiful patio in the back, and you could. It had. It was way up in the hill. Our house was, and you could see all the skyline and the beautiful river and. It was just wonderful, and, and the sun was perfect time of the day for you to lay out there. I was not allowed to wear a swimming suit anymore unless I went to a pool. 
I was to have a robe over my pajamas, which consisted of shorts and a t-shirt in the summer, and actually long pajamas, flannel pajamas, and long sleeve flannel shirt in the winter. Which, by the way, those shorts weren't short enough to show anything. Um, she explained to me that me not being his daughter and being young and in very good shape, that that would cause any man to have lust. And he was a man. And so I had to do whatever it took to not make him lust after me. Hmm. And right then and there, I thought, what kind of shit is this? This, like, was not my fault. I did not dress with low-cut tops. Even if I had, I didn't have any boobs to, to even look sexy. But regardless of all that stuff, I did nothing. I didn't provoke him in any way. I, didn't, I never even had conversations with him. And I certainly did not dress to be provocative. So it sounded to me like she was blaming it on me and sticking up for her husband because she never said he's going to apologize. I never heard her say a word to him, although she did tell me before she passed away that she did have a talk with him. And did tell him that better never happen again. But what is that? Like, I can't even tell you how damaging that was. And some of you may think, well, that's nothing. You know, he he didn't rape you. He didn't blah, blah, blah. But to me, he was an old man that was gross. He was supposed to be in love with my stepmom. I mean, with my mom. He was my stepdad, who I didn't even know. And he was groveling, or trying to grovel me. It was wrong. And he should have been stopped. And, and I remember thinking, if, if that was my daughter, I'd kick the shit out of him and, and kick him right out the door. But what she said was, and you can't tell anyone about this. This has to be our secret. So that was our secret. Even though for years, and again, for the protection of family and friends, I heard of him making little moves on other women that were friends or family of my mother in very, um, what's the word I want to use? I was very sly about it. And also knew that nobody would say anything to poor mom. I, sound like, I said that like I'm bitter, but I'm not bitter at my mom. I understand one thing. So don't get me wrong. 
hiding it and not getting me counseling or him counseling or all of us counseling was wrong. I needed all that. And it wasn't just because of that one act. It was because of all the things the year before that she and Ben both forced upon us children. But I don't even I don't even know how to explain it. It was the when you're told to hide something, it's like you've done something shameful and I didn't do anything. And damn it. He should have gotten in trouble for it. He should have been stopped. Well, I continued through high school with the help of my boyfriend to get through this. Um, I was afraid to tell him because I was afraid of what he would do to him. So I kept it from him. But I spent more and more time over at his house with his parents and his sister to stay away from Ben. And anytime I knew my mom was going to be gone, I left the house. Thank goodness, besides school, I also started working my sophomore year full time so I could save for a car. And so right after cheerleading practice, I went into work and I worked every night until 11. Then I'd come home. They were already in bed. I'd do my homework and go to bed. So I didn't have to see him very much except on church days, Sundays, which I couldn't even look at him, which I felt shamed every time I went into church. And I don't think that I should have felt shamed. And I do believe that was because of what was said to me. Not because I felt like I did anything wrong. Because from that day forward and until right now that I'm talking about this, I never once felt like I did anything wrong. I knew how I dressed. I've always been very, very, um, I don't want to say ashamed, but I was brought up in a Catholic private school and we were taught that you keep your, your bodies covered. Not not like the Mormon faith where it's like your head and all the way down to your ankles, you know, with a dress or whatever. But you didn't show cleavage. You didn't wear short shorts, you know, where any part of your body was hanging out. And we were taught that it's a sin to cause another man to lust. That's just the way that it was then. Um... <laughs> if my first husband was alive, um, he, he could tell you about that because I wouldn't even undress in front of him after we were married. And I wouldn't take a shower with him because he would see me naked. And I didn't make love with him until we were under the covers with the lights out. Everything was good under those sheets, but... As far as looking at me, I just didn't allow that to happen. Now, I'm not sure if that was because of what my mom said to me after this deal with Ben. 
and I still have to keep going on with my counselor to find out or if that was because of my upbringing. Anyway, uh, this is going to get to the hard part. So I married and I did not get to marry the love of my life that helped me through high school. Um, we were to be married and his father was killed in a car accident on my way home with my last family vacation before we were to get married. And he wasn't able to deal with that because he felt guilt. I guess he was supposed to have been in the truck with him at the time to make this delivery and he didn't because he was waiting at my house for me to get home. And that's another story, so I'm not going to go into that one. Actually, I'm hoping to get in touch with him and see if he'll do a podcast with me on that because there's a lot of unresolved things that happened with that. But regardless, I ended up meeting somebody um, a year after that happened. Um, I don't think I ever had the love that I have for my first love, but I don't know that we ever do. It was a different love. But I loved him, and he was a good man to me, and we had a lot of fun together. He had a very good sense of humor, made me laugh a lot, made me feel beautiful. Um, I don't think I told him either. I think I just kept holding that secret inside. Okay, so then I lost my husband. He was an iron worker. And uh, there was just a lot of damage done. He got into some drugs. And he took off. Um, actually, he, from what I understand, got involved with the mafia. Um, I probably only saw him before he died two to three times but he did call me a lot um, and he did tell me that he loved me this is when he was probably in between drugs and he also told me that he would never be back for protection of me and my daughter that so apparently he had I don't know if he stole from them you know, drugs or what he did. He never told me. Our conversations weren't long. He just always called to make sure that we were okay and to say that he loved us. That that sounds like I had a horrible life, but really um, it was just my daughter and I, and we were fine. Um, no, he didn't send support money. Um... I did work two jobs, one full-time, one part-time. Um, I did add some extra college hours on, and I took my daughter to my night classes with me, and she sat at the back of the room um, playing with her dolls very quietly and coloring. Um, anyway, she was about... I want to say three. 
give or take a couple months. And my sitter called one day and said that everybody was sick in the house, so I shouldn't bring her over. And that was about a half hour before I had to be at work. And so I called my mom. Now, my mom at the time was also a school teacher, but she was a professor at a junior college, too, and her hours were weird. Um, and I think some of them were at night and some of them were during the day. So I called her to see if she was going to be home and if she could watch my daughter. And so this was so when the thing happened with Ben, I was 14. Now I was 24. So 10 years later. Um, anyway, she said she was going to be home and I could bring her by. And so I did. Dropped her off, kissed her, told her I loved her, told her I'd be back as soon as I was done working. And I got to my mom's house mm, probably between 5.15 and 5.30. And I walked in the door and there was like nobody around. My mom's car wasn't in the driveway. So at first I thought maybe they like drove down to the store or something. But I did yell out, is anybody home? And my daughter comes running downstairs from what used to be my bedroom when I lived there. And she was, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. And she jumped in my arms. And, and the first thing she said to me was, Papa hurt me. And I said, what do you mean, Papa hurt you? Papa hurt me down there. And she showed me her private part. And I knew. And I can't even tell you how much I wanted to put that child down and go and find a weapon and end his life. I didn't, so I'm not in trouble for saying that right. But if, if you're a mother or a father and you really love your children, you can't tell me that you would not feel the same. However, I knew that, that all that would do is have my daughter taken away from me. And then she would, she would probably have to stay with my mom, and I, God only knows what would have happened to her. Um, my stepdad, Ben, came upstairs when um, he apparently heard the door. And so I got to face him. But I put my daughter in the car seat first with the window down. And I went back up to the door. And I said, you motherfucker. I will never let her stay in this house with you alone again. And I am going to tell my mother about this. And there better be something done. You are sick. You are fucking sick. And that's actually the best I could do. Pardon my French or don't pardon it. Doesn't matter. 
That's how I felt at the time. Um, I'm not quite sure if he said something to my mom so that she had wind of something before I told her, but I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And I really had to control myself because I didn't want to scare my daughter. But the first thing I did was take her to a doctor and have her checked. Um, so she wasn't penetrated, uh, but her skin was broke. So probably by his fucking finger. This just irks me. I'm, I'm so pissed right now just even talking about it. Okay. I need, I need to take a drink of water. I need to calm down. When I told my counselor I was going to do this, she said I might not be ready. I'm ready as far as I'm, I'm ready for the truth to be out. Um, I think with the help of you guys supporting me and all of my friends that will probably end up hearing this, that I will have great support from them. I'm sorry if there was some noise there, but I had to grab me some water. And anyway, <laughs> so my daughter was checked. Um, yes, there was some bruising. There was a little bit of torn skin, but she was not penetrated. Um, and the doctor did question her, and she answered the exact same way I did. And if you're wondering, did I ever question that she was making that up? If I saw you in person, I'd probably slap you. Excuse me, I had to take a drink. That helps, believe it or not. Anyway, um, first of all, my daughter was too young. She didn't know anything about what happened to me when I was 14. Um, but she was too young to make something up like that. And she had no reason to. And that was the first thing she said to me. And you could tell she was upset. And then, of course, the doctor went ahead and verified everything. Um, I got home and I made sure that my daughter, first of all, knew that never again would Papa touch her. Never. Never again would she be alone in the, in the house with him. And if I didn't love my mom and want to see my mom, it would have been and never again in that house again because that house just had bad memories for me. And then that topped it off. Um, I was kind of hoping I could bring my daughter onto this. But it, she went through counseling, she and I, and she's okay with it. Unless there's been something that's come up lately. But she's going through some um, a lot of medical stuff right now. And so I didn't want to um, 
upset her by having her talk about it. I will, if, if she's willing to, at another time. She, I, and the reason why I know she wouldn't have today, even if I had asked her, is because I was actually going to do a podcast with her on grieving because both of us had lost a lot of family members and we both look at grieving differently and have a lot to tell. And we were supposed to do that yesterday and then she had called me and told me of the procedures that she had to have done this week and that she didn't think that she would probably be able to do that yet. So that's why I didn't bother today when I decided to talk about it, asking her to put her input in. I, she wouldn't be able to tell you a memory at three anyway. The only thing that she would be able to tell you is if she had any feelings now or if she had any problems now. So with that being said, um, it's off my chest What I want to say to all of my beautiful people out there is that as a parent, it is your responsibility to report anything that somebody does to your child, whether it's your significant other, your spouse, just somebody you know, whoever it is, it's wrong. And they should be punished for it. And you should always, always make sure that you let that child know. And I'm speaking to me when I was 14 too because I was still a child. That it is not their fault. It is not their fault that a Adult, an adult that's making adult decisions has wronged you. I love you guys and thanks for listening. If anybody wants to have, um, tell their story or if they have any questions, please make sure you do so. Um, I would be glad to answer any questions. I am a life coach now. I've had four years of psychology and three years of life coaching. I am certified. That does not mean that I don't ever need counseling. I feel like everybody could use their own personal counselor. Just everyday life. So I was so glad that I had mine to reach out to today when I had those dreams last night. So... I hope if there's anybody out there that needs somebody that wants to to come forth and talk about it, that they feel like they can either ask me some questions. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I tried to change it, but they won't allow me for some reason. So it's under struggle, the word struggle, underscore winner. Or you can just type in struggle winner when you search and my name will come up. Um, You can DM me on there. Or you can message me on here and I will answer questions 
on the next podcast. Unless you want them done privately, then do that through Instagram. I am also willing to do Zoom calls free of charge for anybody that has been through sexual assault and has had to keep it quiet. And with that being said, remember, don't keep quiet. Love you.